Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, called Stand Firm in Truth. I believe that somewhere in God's uh, grace and foreknowledge, he does this choosing. You can't avoid the word, but at the same time, we have to respond. And we respond to the gospel. Notice it says uh, in verse 14, it was for this he called you through our gospel. And at the end of verse 13, it says, through sanctification by the Spirit and what? Faith in the truth. Now, you could say within verse 13, you have the divine side and the human side. God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and, notice, faith in the truth. I'll just say this. God is not going to believe for you. When the Bible calls upon human beings to repent and believe, to place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's your part. Now, whether in your beliefs, and I'm getting into some deep waters, but it's into our text, it's in our text here. Whether in your belief you believe that God gives people faith, and that's one possible position, or one other thought is that man is a passive participant. He's got a slice of the pie. In other words, I believe that God is not going to believe for you. (laughs) He calls you to repent and you to believe, but he calls to us through the gospel. So the word of God goes out and calls people. And it's it's a, a beautiful thing to think about in that in the gospel proclamation, the call of God goes out. And it then mentions in verse 13 this sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that regenerates the believer, and it is the Spirit of God that sanctifies the believer. And so some of you say, why why the word sanctification here? You would think that the word regeneration might be used here, or that having to do with being born again. But the idea of sanctification is a process that begins with being born again or it begins with regeneration. There's three tenses of salvation that you need to think about. You are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Amen? Three tenses of salvation. You are saved if you're a Christian. The moment that you trust Jesus Christ, you are saved. You move from Darkness to light from the power of Satan to God. But you are in the process of being saved as you're being sanctified more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're being saved more from the filth of this world, from the weight of sin, and you will be saved. That is, one day you will get a new body and you will experience the fullness of your salvation or the fullness of your redemption. So there's a lot of time and energy that you can spend on all these concepts and the little angles of it. But here's one thing I rejoice in. God chose me and God loves me. Do I fully understand why? No. I don't know why he decided to put his love on me. I wandered into a church 
in the late 80s with my beautiful bride. And I was broken. I was weighed down with sin. I was confused. I had made a mess of my life in a very short period of time. At this point, I'm, I, was, uh, I was five. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't five in, there in the late 80s. Just kidding. Anyway, some of you are trying to do the math. Just forget about it. Forget about the math. But here's the thing. Within my teenage years and into my early 20s, I, I was a disaster. And a preacher opened this Bible and began to call out with the gospel. And I heard God's call through the proclamation of the gospel. And I know probably just about every one of you in here can resonate with that. You can remember that call when it came. And there, there were times that you may have heard the gospel prior to that. Maybe for some reason it just didn't click. But then there was a moment where you just got it. You saw it for what it was. I had the privilege of leading a young lady to uh, open her heart to the Lord just Wednesday of last week. It's always so beautiful to see it, you know, to experience that firsthand uh, opportunity to, to clarify and articulate the beauty and simplicity of the gospel and to watch somebody just say, yes, yes. And, and you know what you, what you find just about every time is that the Lord's already been working in that person's life. And there's so many dots that you find out later, oh, this person had people praying for them and this person had coworkers sharing with them. And that, was, that moment was the culmination of the grace of God, the power of the gospel, amen? Because the power of the gospel is there to save us to give us hope. The Holy Spirit works in that. And so, uh, God loves you. I put some things in my notes here just to kind of track the flow here. God chose you. How? Through the sanctification by the Spirit. God has, is, and will sanctify you. That means set you more and more apart for Him unto His glory. You heard His voice through the preaching of the Word. You responded, verse 13, by placing faith in the truth. That's the human side. The calling came out through the proclamation of the gospel. And we'll see in the next verse, to the end, that you would gain the glory of God. Isn't that cool? That you would gain the glory of God. Look at verse 14. It was for this he called you through our gospel. Look at how the calling came. That you may gain or share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the end is going to be this, that you're going to gain the glory. What do you, what do you mean by that, Pastor Michael? Well, the, the Jews used to teach that when Adam and Eve sinned, and specifically Adam here in this uh, quote that I found, that Adam lost his luster in the garden. What does that mean? That means that the divine light that was within Adam, his beautiful Direct fellowship with God. When he sinned, he died spiritually. Now, he didn't die right there on the spot, right? When, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, uh, they're, they're hiding from God. And, and even though in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. That's the, that's the uh, proclamation that God made. Yet at the moment they eat, ate the forbidden fruit, their death was a spiritual death. 
It wasn't a physical death. Physical death would follow many years later, many, many years later. But they died spiritually. But notice, Bible students, those of you wrestling with these ideas, is that they could still hear the voice of God. In fact, God came calling for Adam in the garden. Adam, where are you? God uh, has the best GPS system, by the way. He already knew where Adam was. God positioning system. Anyway, that was more for Adam and for us. Where are you? Well, I was naked and I was afraid. So I hid myself from you. Who told you you were naked? Well, his eyes had been opened to shame. Sin brings shame. Sin causes you to hide from God, to suppress the truth. God is looking for Adam. God is the lover of lost souls. And that comes into full full picture when Jesus Christ says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's amazing that into the Thessalonian region came the Apostle Paul with some other missionary brothers and the gospel went out and God called people through the gospel. I want you to hold your place in 2 Thessalonians. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Take a peek with me. Romans 10. Here's what Paul says and he's dealing with the section that deals with Israel and some of these topics that we're dealing with about what happened to Israel and how does the gospel work and all of that. Romans 10, here's verse 13, and here's what it says. For whoever will call, Romans 10, 13, on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring, here's what we bring, glad tidings of good things. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The church has a mission. God's call And I will say this in the majority of instances, although we do hear about people who have dreams about Jesus, and some people have said that they have had dreams and visions, especially in the Muslim world, and I'm talking about recently now from good sources, dreams and visions about Jesus, but the normal mode, the majority of time by which the call of God will go out to a group of people or a region is through a preacher. The call of God goes out through those who preach. And by the way, that's all of us. That's not some guy behind a wooden structure once a week or twice a week. We preach the word. We go and we preach. You have a sphere of influence at work. You have a sphere of influence at school, a sphere of influence in your neighborhood. And you go and you bring light to them because there are people in that sphere that I can never reach. But you can reach them. And I'll tell you, we're missing a big thing in our Christian life if we're not calling out to people through the gospel. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. 
The privilege of the church has always been to proclaim a gospel that saves. Amen? And so this is what we should do. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I can be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012 thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The privilege of the church has always been to proclaim a gospel that saves, amen? And so this is what we should do. We put it out there. And we put it out there so that people can experience the new birth, so that they can be Uh, eventually gain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Adam sinned, I mentioned to you, the Jewish uh, rabbis say that he lost his luster or uh, the glory diminished. We all have sinned and we all fall short, Romans 3.23, of the glory of God. And when we receive Jesus Christ, the spark comes back into our lives. We move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We are being moved in sanctification from one degree of glory to another, which will finally be realized when we gain the glory of Lord Jesus Christ and we get glorified bodies. Can I get a witness? Anybody feeling that one? Come on. See, that's where it's going to be realized 
when you are going to be like him because you will see him just as he is. You will gain the glory. You'll be in a kingdom where it will be eaten, restored, where the glory will be back on full display. Jesus, when he's praying in John 17, says, Father, I pray for these that they will be able to behold my glory, the glory that I had for you, with you, before the world was. I want these disciples of mine to see me in the glory. They've only seen the veiled glory, although they got a little taste of it on the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember? When they, he went up there and they got a taste of the glory and his face changed and everything was bright and Moses and Elijah showed up and Peter was like, man, we better build three shelters. <laughs> we better house the glory. Peter wasn't so dumb. That's what he was thinking. Glory gets housed in a tabernacle. That's why he said, should we build three shelters? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. That's what you do with glory, right? That's how the glory came down in the tabernacle in days gone by. And then the temple of Solomon. That's what's going on. And they got a little foretaste of coming attractions, if you like. <laughs> Back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And so Paul has been writing to this church so that they don't lose hope, so that they don't become disturbed or freaked out but that they are grounded in the truth. So much substance in these couple of verses here. You are called, 14, through our gospel that you may gain the glory, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So then, brethren, in light of this, what should we do? If that's true, if that's who we are, if that's where we're headed, what should we do now? Because it was tough to be a Christian in Thessalonica, just like it is in much of the world today. So then, brethren, don't, you could say, be unsettled. Rather, stand firm. Some of you need to mark that. Stand firm. That means persevere, persist, and hold to the traditions, I'll explain in a moment, which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter, from us. Reference in your notes there or in your margin, chapter 2, verse 2, because that's where Paul talks about don't be quickly shaken either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us. Make sure that when you are grounding yourself in something, it is from us, whether it is oral or whether it is a letter, like 1 Thessalonians, for example. The traditions that you were taught. What do we do with this idea of tradition? Well, the NIV actually has it this way. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Now, as the New Testament times unfolded, the apostles' doctrine was shaped orally before it was written. For example, in Acts 2.42, the church was constantly uh, giving themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, Acts 2.42. In the early days of the, the church, the apostles' doctrine was communicated orally. That is, it was spoken by the mouth. Before the New Testament was written down, the earliest New Testament books, conservative scholars would say, are A.D. 49 or 50. That's a good 20 years, maybe 17 to 20 years after the events of the death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the church had oral teachings that were passed along to the early churches that were being established, the early believers, called, you could say, the Apostles' Doctrine, then put in letters which we now possess. That word, traditions there, if you have a New American Standard, is a word, para, P-A-R-A, dosis, D-O-S-I-S, paradosis. It is a transmission, the word for tradition or teaching. It is a giving over. It is that which is delivered or the substance of a teaching. 
It has the idea of receiving and delivering. The essential thing, reading from my notes, that is handed on by one to another is that which is received in the first place from God. It is received from God and delivered to the people. This is the word for tradition. It stands for all Christian teaching, oral or written. The prominent idea of paradosis, says one author, is that of an, an authority external to the teacher. That is, he receives it from outside himself, himself, says Lightfoot. Milligan points out that the word is used in the inscriptions of treasure lists and inventories, the articles enumerated being handed over to another person. Tradition is the transmission of truth from one party to another. And it is not something that is outside of biblical truth. Because here's where we've gotten some debate in some circles, I'll just put it out there, between evangelical Christianity, Roman Catholicism, Greek Orthodoxy, and you could probably add others to the list, where some people argue that there's tradition that should be on par with Scripture. Let me just give you a simple test because I'm not saying that all tradition in that sense is bad, like how your mama taught you to cook the turkey and all that kind of stuff. Here's here's what I'm saying. This tradition is biblical transmission, truth from God to us. And if a tradition, please hear what I'm going to say because this is the simple test, contradicts the word of God, then chuck the tradition. It is not that complicated. If a movement says this tradition should be elevated above the Word of God, you test everything in light of the Word of God. And if a tradition is not in keeping with the Word of God, then it is not to be embraced. It is rather to be discarded. You've been listening to Stand Firm in Truth, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcast. So how are you doing? How's this year been for you? Well, if you need someone to talk to or if you need someone to pray for you, we've got pastors on staff ready to hear you and pray with you. Hey, everyone needs to be heard every once in a while, even you. Even if you're not a Christian, we would love to help if we can. So call 844-48-TRUTH, Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours, and a pastor will be ready to hear and speak with you. Take a chance. Reach out. Call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, whenever you are thinking about standing firm in the truth, well, the question comes up. Is there truth? I mean, we live in a generation that's wondering if absolutes actually exist. And the truth of the matter is they do. And if someone ever declares to you, there are no absolutes, there's no absolute truth, ask them, is that an absolute truth? Is that an absolutely true statement that you just made and declared? <laughs> that's a what we call a self-defeating argument, right? We need to stand firm in what is true. Now, there are some things that, you know, are negotiable, uh, negotiable matters, peripheral matters. Paul deals with that in Romans 14, for example, about, you know, people's diets and you could even consider days of worship. But when it comes to the truth of the gospel, brethren, when it comes to the truth of the word of God, there, there can be no flexing. Uh, there, there's no negotiation there. We need to stand firm in the truth of the word of God. And we do that because the truth sets people free. Now, sometimes it's hard to find that balance. Like, how do I stand firm in the truth and 
not, you know, cause people to repel back from the truth of the gospel. You know, you speak the truth in love. That's what the book of Ephesians says. You you truth it in love. And when you do that, you're going to find that biblical balance. And remember, just talk to people the way you would want to be talked to. If you got something wrong, how would you want someone to approach you? You'd want it, you'd want it with gentleness and respect. And that's precisely what the Bible says to do. Hey, well, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth, and we're excited to be bringing the Word of God to you. Hey, keep us in prayer. We are so grateful to have this platform, and we want to expand it. And thank you for those of you who are giving, and thank you to those of you who are praying for us, and thank you for both, really. Pray for us and give as you can at walkintruth.com. Remember, we've been reminding you also that if you need to talk to a pastor or need prayer, we're available to you at 844-48-TRUTH. That's Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 4 Pacific time. Reach out to us. We've had several radio uh, listening family members reach out to us, get prayer, uh, share with us, and, and it's awesome. 844-48-TRUTH. We'll catch you next time right here. God bless. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed, so visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, called Stand Firm in Truth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.